Hello and welcome to Production Music Demystified with Media Tracks Music, a microcast of Music Works. In this episode, we have the pleasure of talking to composer, conductor and producer Ben Parry on the importance of keywords and descriptors in production music. Before heading over to the Music Works studio, here is an advert from our sponsor. Music Works is sponsored by the Musicians' Union. I'm a member of the Musicians' Union. It's the trade union for musicians living and or working in the UK, and it's a community of 32,000 members working to protect musicians' rights and campaigning for a fairer industry. As well as campaigning to fix streaming and keep musicians working in the EU post-Brexit, the union collectively bargains for musicians working in orchestras and theatres and sets minimum recommended rates for freelance musicians working in other sectors. Its expert staff provide contract advice, legal advice and assistance, and a range of benefits and services to help musicians in every aspect of their work. Be part of something bigger and get the recognition you deserve. Join now at the mu.org. Welcome, Ben. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. So it's lovely to have you back. Um, you've been on uh, Music Works before. Um, but welcome back to this episode of our microcast on demystifying production music with Media Tracks Music. Um, and first of all, uh, please would you tell us a bit about yourself and your work? Yes, thank you. Well, thank you for inviting me again, um, Katie. It's, it's lovely to, to be back and discussing music, which of course is of course is our, our passion. Um, I am a, a composer and, a, and a, a conductor, a singer, a music producer, an arranger, so on, a sort of multitasker, if you like. Some may say jack of all trades, master of none. Um, but most importantly, and, and, and concentrating particularly on this, is my work in production music, as, as you've mentioned. Um, used to be called library music because it's basically a big online library of music, but production music sounds more fancy. Um, and I've been working in production music for sort of nigh on 20 years now, firstly as a, as a singer producing multi-track recordings, and then more recently in the last 10, 12 years as, as a composer. Lots of different strands and types of music, but I would say the majority of which includes vocals and therefore um, words and, and so on. Great, and that is the topic of our discussion today, isn't it? Is uh, words and their importance in, in the process of the, um, getting your production music used um so do please tell us about about this what's the what are the key yeah, well it's, yeah it's really it's really interesting katie because i mean if you imagine that a music editor is going to sit in front of a computer and they need uh, a piece of music say um, a bear has got drunk on drinking honey which in fact was on bbc uh newsfeed just the other day and is sitting in the back of a van um uh, and they they need to find a bit of quirky music that is going to fit this little news story if you like um, so they're going to think of words that might help them describe what they're looking for. So they would think drunk, tipsy, bear, um, um, sleepy, and so on. Put these keywords into the search engine of the of the production music uh, website, and it'll draw up a whole host of different types of music. You may then want to refine it and say, well, it needs to be banjos and double bass and it needs to be quirky, it needs to be fast, or uh, in a certain meter, I, it might be sort of regular time, like four beats in a bar, or it might be irregular time, it might be in a certain key, you can get really specific. And if you put all those keywords into the search engine, it'll then refine, it's rather like finding a jumper on a, on a closed website, you know, you know, you want it that size, um, that make, uh, that, uh, that color, and it'll it'll refine it down to sort of three or four. And then once tracks 
are listed and the music editor will probably listen, I don't know, to the first 10 seconds, probably even five seconds of those tracks and go, oh, that's the one that I need. So the trick is with creating uh, a music track or for production music is not only the piece itself, which will have an interesting hook to it. So say, for example, you know, a word we use a lot is dramedy, which is a, a mixture of drama and comedy. So it's kind of quirky, but it could be serious. It could be lighthearted. Um, it could be mysterious. It could be threatening. It could be anything it wants, wants it to be. But then at the same time, you then need to come up with a, 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 an interesting title. So something like Don't Look Down, if it's going yum, da -dum -dum -da, you know, uh, so that'll be the title. Then you're going to have a descriptor saying um, hesitant, um, furtive, um, pizzicato strings and voiceover um, that suggests falling off a wall. That'll be your descriptor. And then on top of that, you then have all the keywords, which is the bit that we call metadata. So this is all embedded into the track digitally. So when when a music editor brings up a track um, with these keywords, all those keywords are in there already. They're, if they're in the title or if they're in the descriptor, they don't need to be a particular keyword. But the, the, the trick is finding the words that describe and match your track most appropriately so that you think, okay, a music editor is gonna to want to use it for this. And that can extend, Katie, to possibly even putting, you know, um, I don't know, uh, an advert for um, flying to the Bahamas. So you might put flight, travel, Bahamas, sunshine, seashore, all those sorts of things, if you think that it might have usage in that particular area. So it's, it's a neat trick, but it is very, very important and absolutely crucial part of producing this library music. That's so interesting. So it really requires a, a very strong understanding of how this decision, these decisions are taken by the people at the other end. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So and also you, bear yeah. in mind that colour in the UK is spelt differently from colour uh -huh. in the USA. Yes. Um, and so you need to put both. And we do we do this a lot. I mean, I, as I say earlier, that I, I work a lot with voices because I am a, you know, historically a singer as well. So I do a lot of a cappella music. Now, a cappella means unaccompanied. Basically, there are no instruments. The voices themselves um, make up the harmony. Now, a cappella um, means it's an Italian title of the chapel originally because chapel music was sung unaccompanied. But a lot of people spell cappella um, with one P, um, which apparently is a little goat. I didn't realize that <laughs> so, of the little goat. But it means that you've got to have a cappella if it's an a cappella piece spelt two ways as well. So that, and, and then you could have something like, say, you know, if you feel that it's it's got a French mood to it. So it's got an accordion in it. You'll want Paris. You'll want Parisian and you'll want Parisian as well. Mm. So, you know, you've got you've got to incorporate all those specific keywords to ensure that a music editor or a producer is going to find your track and use it. Interesting. And so and how, you know, can you go too far? I mean, you know, obviously, if you think mm. the context of um, if you know that someone is going to be looking for sort of like a bear that's overdrunk on honey, then you can you can very much tailor to that. But obviously, that's not what people know when they're putting together these sets of keywords. No. So I guess I guess if you if you were thinking about something non-specific as a bear drunk on honey, you'd want quirky, silly, um, haphazard, all these kind of adjectives. That, in fact, if I look on my computer here, I have a list, a generic list of dramedy words that I could I could use in in any situation where I was possibly doing a a, a library track that that required 
a, a, a specific sort of, um, I don't know, a, a, a kind of vibe to it. So, I mean, for example, here we are, whimsical, quirky, quizzical, hesitant, cautious, urgent, tense, furtive, playful, devious, and so on and so on. I mean, it goes on and on and on. I've got a, I've got a huge list of those, but you could do the same. I've just done a, a, a number of tracks for, for media tracks uh, for Christmas. So I've done some carols, which are acapella um, kind of pentatonics type um, with, with beatboxing. And I've also done what we've called doorstep carols, which are literally a bunch of people singing carols on a doorstep. So it's a little bit rough and ready and the harmonies just sort of creep in there and then and the, the endings and the beginnings are a little bit untidy. But that was the whole point because you want something to, to sound as authentic as possible. So you will sound, you will say in your keywords, authentic group mm -hmm. um, carol singing and so on. Yeah, so there's so many different um, types of things to think about, aren't there? The sort of musical terms, uh, fast, slow, um, you know, as you say, sort of rough and ready or polished or I mean, not that these are necessarily the terms, but sort of musical aspects of it, instrumentation. Um, and then there's things like um, mood and then there's things like potential scenarios that you could picture this being used for. Absolutely. Yeah. And also bear in mind, um, for certain music editors, they may have a different vocabulary from, say, you know, an inherently classical musician. So an mm. classical musician would say something like ostinato, whereas, you know, a, a pop musician would probably say a riff. Um, a, a classical musician would say rhythm. Um, a pop artist would say groove. So, you know, if you if you have a, a piece with a strong rhythm or groove, you need to put both words in in the event that a music editor from a particular genre may may pick up your track and, and want to use it. Yeah, absolutely. So really, you need to um, you really need to go to town on these words and not leave anything yeah. out. Well, you mentioned earlier, you know, can you go too far? Uh, literally, you cannot. I mean, you can have a massive break list because, I mean, you know, digital possibilities are endless. So a list with 3000 words. I mean, I don't think I've ever done that many. <laughs> but you know yeah. what I mean? You can embed all these things within within the track and, you know, in the hope that someone might pick it up. And presumably it's not going to cost you anything if you, um, it, you know, because there are just so many different ways in which a piece of music can be used. So presumably if somebody's looking for something specific, they're never going to think, oh, you also think it's for this as well as yes. thinking it's for that because they won't know because they'll have put the search terms in that they're yeah. looking for. Oh, Is that right? absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm passing, perhaps I'm a little bit weird, but I rather enjoy putting these keywords together to see sort of how <laughs> many how many possible permutations you can you can you can draw up. I mean, I was just mentioning earlier about the title of the piece as well. And I think that's mm. very important that the title yeah. really encapsulates the track. You know, I often like reading if you if you if you have a film and uh, someone has to write literally a sentence of what that film is about, you know, um, like my favorite film is Back to the Future. So teenage boy goes back in time to try and get his parents together or something. I don't know, um, which literally one sentence that encapsulates the whole film. It's it's really uh, as as important as that. So the descriptor is is as descriptive as it possibly can be without being verbose, I guess. Mm, absolutely. And so, how can people find out? Are there any sources of um, information about this? Obviously, this uh, this microcast is one. But you know, if someone's sort of going, I've got this track. I don't know how to do the the keywords type thing. Is there sort of well, what, what I would suggest is actually, and this is one thing that I did, and possibly it's a little bit cheeky, is that you visit music production websites and literally read descriptors of tracks. So you can do you can do that on any website. 
um, and have a little look and see, see, check out the words you think might be really useful. You know, that little list of um, adjectives I had there for, for dramedy. It could be the same for, uh, you know, epic trailer, uh, film trailer music, or it could be for serene pastoral strings or whatever. And you just think about, I mean, the other thing, the other thing, of course, is thesauruses, which are which are brilliant because it gives you a whole load of different uh, similar similar words, similes um, to what to what you're thinking about. And I think, you know, any budding music production composer could do no worse than actually sit down and draw up lists of these words, because then they they will act as really helpful prompts. That's what I've done. Um, prompts not only to describe a track that you might be writing, but even to give you other ideas of tracks that you may want to experiment with. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that, because I was just thinking as you were talking, awareness of the way the words are used, does this actually um, impact the creative process itself in terms of writing the music? Because of course, as we know, production music is deliberately um, non-specific and for multiple purposes. So does an awareness of these words and, and the way they use actually um, make you more focused in terms of what you think a piece is for when you're writing it or? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's very interesting. You mentioned non-specific because of course that's the whole point of production music is that it offers the music production team or the music editor, the opportunity to search out specific music that has not necessarily been commissioned. So, you know, a composer such as myself, you know, we'll be writing in many, many different genres. So, for example, you know, I mentioned vocal music, but also, you know, I've done some orchestral dramedy. I've done um, ukuleles and whistling. Um, I've done a, a treble, a boy treble singing over a serene string orchestra and so on. So these are all these are these are non-specific, but very specific to certain things. And unless you have those keywords, you're not going to be able to pair the thing together. So I think I think that's a very good approach is actually having the lists of words. So when I read a word like on my list, like whimsical, I don't know, you know, you as a musician as well, it suddenly brings a certain kind of flavor or genre to mind. And I could literally be writing a, a little track there and then just with the word whimsical in my head. But then I might have cautious as well. So it might have suddenly kind of extra beats put in. So it's like a cat walking on a on a on a hot roof in the summer. Um, the idea, the idea behind that, of course, Katie, is that you're 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 thinking of the visual as well as the oral. So, you know, for radio jingles, obviously, it's 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 literally just the audio. But if you're thinking television or film, which of course you know gains more in the way of commercial aspect, you can then think about the actual picture. You know, how how would that that boy treble singing over that um, lush orchestral backing or bed as we call it it's a kind of bed of sound you know that to me would be a little bit like the film out of africa so you could then then you're thinking kind of sahari you're thinking lions parading through the through the through the 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 the, the um the undergrowth and so on so suddenly it brings up a picture as well so that's really important too so it gives you that kind of visual as well as oral image mm, it's really interesting again it, it it really brings up um so many of these microcasts that I've done about production music have, have led to me feeling this sort of like tension between the, I was going to say generic, perhaps not that, but the sort of multi-purpose 
and the sort of very specific and unique that that makes things stand out and it's actually this language is really important for clarifying the difference between the two and the reasons why you might use well, a particular track yeah there's some very famous examples of that actually sort of being generic and non-generic because i mean one of the famous ones is um channel four news um which is a which is a library track bum, 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 bum which is played, you know, four times a day, every day. So good luck to the composer. And <laughs> there was a film, there was one of the spaghetti westerns that Clint Eastwood did. I think it was High Plains Drifter. And they wanted to use that music as the, uh, for the trailer, because it's, it's got that yum, tum, tum, bum, 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 bum. So it sounds like a western. Yeah. And Channel 4 said, well, no, sorry, you can't because it's our, it's our um, news theme. And the library company said, uh, yes, you can, <laughs> because it is, it is public domain. So, I mean, yeah. that, and there are other examples of that where suddenly you hear a piece of music in a completely different context and actually it works. I mean, that's the trick of the metadata and the keywords is that the music editor will come up with those five different tracks and will listen to each track against what they need it for and decide which one's going to work. Now, it may be that, you know, the bear drunk on honey is also, you know, I don't know, um, people splashing around in the sea in Norfolk. It, it may be exactly the same music, but somehow because of our, our, our concept of, you know, oral and visual, it works. So, you know, a non-specific, but very specific as well in different genres. Interesting. Well, that's been uh, absolutely fascinating to hear about. Thank you so much for, for joining us and telling us all about uh, the importance of words. Thank you for inviting me back. Thank you.